think that's the technology sorted out. Last week, I said to Pastor Paul, when you're graduated, do we have to call you doctor? <laughs> he said, no, I'm just Paul. <laughs> so congratulations, Pastor Paul. Okay. Last time I spoke, I spoke on Father's Day, if you remember. And I spoke to the fathers and men of the church and fathers and men wherever regarding the character of a father. How we should be as men in the world. And today I want to continue with that theme, but I'm going to open it up to everyone. So ladies, you're included. <laughs> I want to look at how we should be as Christians in the world. I'm looking at the believers walk in the world. Many of you probably know the saying, though we are in the world, we're not of the world. But because we are in the world, it means that people are able to observe how we live what we do and what we say. So that's what I want to speak about today. How we, we as Christians ought to be in the world. And I've called my talk The Believers Walk Before the World. That's what before means. We are being observed. People see how we live what we say, and what we do. Paul puts it this way in Colossians 4.5. He says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. In the King James it says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. So the Apostle Paul encourages us to consider those who are to be influenced by our walk and also the nature and importance of the believer's walk before the world. First of all, those who are influenced by our walk, by our life, by our lifestyle. The scripture and Paul calls them those who are without. So who are they? First of all, Christians are those who are within and unbelievers are those who are without. Paul calls them separate from Christ, without hope and without God in the world. So then, believers ought to have due regard to such people. Not only in our prayers, but in the wisdom of our personal walk, in our lifestyle. That's what walk means. The believer's way of life. The believer's lifestyle.
First of all, the importance of the believer's walk. It's how we treat and interact with people on a personal basis and also how we live since we know that they're observing us. They're observing what we do and listening to what we say. Therefore, we ought to walk wisely. We ought to live wisely. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. So we come now to the nature and importance of the believer's walk before the world. First of all, we walk in the light of God's word. Psalm 1191 says, Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Psalm 119105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. So we see the definition of wisdom is to live according to and in harmony with the word of God. That's our light. We walk according to God's light. He shows us the way and we walk in that way. We walk in the light of God's word. Secondly, we walk in faithfulness to our calling. Paul says we ought to walk worthy of our vocation in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 11, 12, Paul says, make it your ambition not to be an apostle, not to be a prophet, not to be an evangelist, not to be a pastor or a teacher, not to be a worship leader. It's interesting. He says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Interesting. To mind your own business. <laughs> Don't hear many sermons about that. And to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anyone. Is that your vocation? Is that your calling in life to lead a quiet life and to mind your own business? It doesn't mean not to be concerned with anyone. It means not to be interfering in other people's lives. By all means, help when your help is required. But other than that, mind your own business. <laughs> Never heard that in a sermon before. Anyway, that's what Paul says. Because this sort of lifestyle has a positive effect on others and is an effective testimony to the grace of God at work in the Christian life. That's why we need to walk worthy of our vocation because others are watching and observing us and that projects an effective testimony of God's work in our life. Next, we walk in love one for another, without murmurings or without disputing. Philippians 2, 14 and 15, Paul says, Do everything 
without complaining or arguing. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> Do everything without arguing or complaining. Church would be transformed if we did that. Our community would be transformed. Our families would be transformed. Our nation would be transformed. If only Christians could keep to that. Is it possible? And why are we to do that? So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God. Without fault. In a crooked and depraved generation. People out there are looking at us. They're observing how we live. What we say and what we do. And as we live the Christian lifestyle, it's a witness to others outside, to the grace of God at work in our lives. So what a great difference it would make to our relationships and to our testimony to the world if we would live like this as Christians, if we would walk worthy of our vocation, if we would do what we profess as Christians. So be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Next, we walk in meekness towards everyone. Titus 3, 1 to 2. Paul says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility towards all people. Wow. <laughs> what an aspiration. Do I measure up? Do we measure up? As Christians, how many of us take these instructions seriously? If we did, our testimony and witness before the world would become far more effective. It's good to go out and share our faith, good to speak to other people regarding our faith. But if our lifestyle contradicts what we say, our testimony becomes ineffective. We have to practice what we preach. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. Humility is a prerequisite to the Christian life. It's not possible to live as a Christian without humility. And this humility comes from wisdom. Pride and the Christian never goes together. You might say it's an oxymoron, a proud Christian. It ought not to be. And this humility comes from God's wisdom. Matthew eleven nineteen, Wisdom is proved right by its actions. Wisdom is proved by the fruit it produces. If you want to know who is wise, look at what they're producing in their life. 
A wise person produces good fruit. An unwise person, well, produces bad fruit. If you want to know whether I'm living wisely or not, you only have to look at the fruit that I'm producing in my life. What sort of fruit are you producing in your life? Are you living wisely? Are you walking worthy of your vocation? Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. We're looking at the nature and importance of the believer's walk before the world. We walk in all patience and constancy under rebuke or injury. Constancy is the quality of being faithful and dependable. An injury here means an emotional, personal or spiritual hurt or attack. We ought to walk with patience under these circumstances, remaining faithful and dependable. Whatever the attacks we may receive, whatever hurts we may have, whether emotional, personal or spiritual. 1 Peter 3, 13 and following. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Anybody here want to be blessed? Then do what is right. And even if you suffer, you are blessed. Suffering doesn't mean that you're not walking in the will of God. Those who seek to walk in God's will will suffer. It's inevitable. But God says, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear or do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened, but instead, in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. And always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. You see, the hope that we have, the faith that we have, is not a blind hope. It's not a blind faith. We have reasons for our faith. We have reasons for our hope. Very good reasons. And we must always be ready, always be prepared to give those reasons for our faith. Why we believe and what we believe. Christians aren't fools. We're intelligent people. We're wise people. We're people who take evidence, information and the word of God into consideration. And as we do that, by God's spirit... He teaches us and we become wise and we are able to and we are prepared to give an answer to everyone for the faith that we have. There are many people who think Christians have blind faith. They believe and they don't know why they believe. We certainly do know why we believe. We ought to because we need to be able to express the reasons why we believe. But, 
We must do this with gentleness and respect. Never being harsh or disrespectful. Keeping a clear conscience. Why? So that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Continue to do good in the face of attack, in the face of slander. Because eventually people will become ashamed of their slander. In fact, it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Good people suffer and evil people suffer. So whatever, suffering is part of our experience. But Paul says it's better to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. We have to make a choice. But the bottom line is, even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. So always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and with respect. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Psalm 19, 7 to 11. The psalmist says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. By them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. There is great reward for those who walk wisely, who walk according to God's ordinances. David says, by them God's servants are warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Be wise in the way you walk towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. The nature and importance of the believer's walk before the world. How so? Because such a walk is influential toward unbelievers. A believer ought to be careful of their walk before those who do not believe. Ephesians 5, 15, 16 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Because of the situation and circumstance in which we live, because the days are indeed evil, we ought to walk wisely. We ought to be an example to others to see how to live. There are many people out there who really don't know how to live. It's, it's a remarkable thing to know and to understand. Many people are desperate, de desperate circumstances, desperate situations. People don't know how they ought to live. As Christians, we ought to be the sort of people, as examples and with our testimony, that we can share our faith and show people how it's possible to live 
in these days. And our testimony is enhanced by wise and careful living. Such a wise and careful walk has a positive effect upon the world, which then sees the reality of truth, faith in God. Jesus says, Mark, sorry, Matthew 5:16. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify and praise your Father in heaven. Paul says, 2 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. You show that you are a letter from Christ, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, known and read by everybody. As a Christian, people are reading us. We're like a letter sent from God, and people are reading us. What sort of letter are you? What message does my life give other people? Is it a good message? Or is it a poor message? Consider ourselves as messages sent from God to convey his message, to declare who he is. So as we live wisely, others see our good deeds. And we also communicate the message of Christ effectively, and thereby God is praised. Conversely, when we walk unwisely and carelessly, when our actions contradict what we profess, we cause God's name and his character to be dishonoured. The scripture says many times that God's name is blasphemed because of God's people. Because of our behaviour, we can cause God's name to come into disrepute. What an awful thing that God's people should cause God's name, God's character, God's person to be blasphemed, to be brought into disrepute. These things should not be. We ought to walk wisely, carefully. Those who profess Christ, our life, ought to be in harmony with what we profess. If not, we render our testimony impotent and ineffective. What's the point of telling people about Christ and who he is and his character if as a Christian I don't reflect that character? It makes no sense. It's quite often the reason many people can't accept the message that we give them. Because they look at Christians and say, well, if that's how you live, what's the point? You're not practicing what you preach. Our testimony, our message becomes ineffective. Let's not be like that. The world is looking for consistent Christians, those who walk wisely and those who live according 
to the word of God. Those who practice what they preach. So then, be wise in the way you walk toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. If we're not careful, we may think that that last part is just tagged on as a bit of an extra. We may think, be wise in the way you walk towards outsiders is the main message. But that's not the whole message. Paul says, make the most of every opportunity. And that's important. Believers ought to seek constant opportunities of obeying this command. And it is a command. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Opportunities are to be sought for and never to be neglected. As Christians, let's be proactive. Let's be effective. We're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's rendered ineffective. It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Let's not be ineffective Christians. Let's be salty Christians. Tasty. Effective. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. What's the point? Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, we ought to let our light shine before everyone. Why? So that they may see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. Jesus in John 9, 4-5 says, as long as it, is, as it is day, we, he doesn't say I, he says we must do the work of him who sent me. He says night is coming when no one can work. It seems Jesus is saying there'll come a point when we can no longer work. He doesn't explain what he means by that, but that's what is what he says. So in the meantime... We must work. We must make the most of every opportunity. Because there may come a time when there's no longer any opportunity. Jesus says night is coming. He may be refer referring to his re return. But there will come a time when we're out of time. There's no longer any opportunity. So we need to make the most of every opportunity. Galatians 6.10, Paul says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let's not waste our time. Paul says, redeem the time, because the days are evil. Let's make the most of our opportunities. 
Let's not waste time as Christians. It's so easy to become involved in all sorts of different things. But I think as Christians we mean, need to remain focused on what we ought to be really be about, about. We waste so much time on things that are of no consequence. We need to become focused. We need to redeem the time. We need to make the most of our opportunities. Because as Jesus says, night is coming when no man, no woman can work. So let's be encouraged. <laughs> let's be encouraged. It may seem a hard word, but I want to encourage you. God wants us to be effective. God wants us to have a testimony. God wants us to influence the world. And we can only do that if we walk wisely. So be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. So let's conclude. What have we found? First of all, we looked at those who are influenced by our walk. Those that are without. Those who do not believe. The way we live has a great influence on those who do not believe. So we saw the nature and importance of the believer's walk before the world. Because we are being observed. People are looking at what we do and what we say. So how ought we to walk? First of all, it's a wise walk. We walk in wisdom, according to the word of God. We walk in the light of God's word. We walk in faithfulness to our calling. We walk in love, one for another. We walk in meekness toward everyone. We walk in all patience and constancy, faithfully and dependably. Such a walk, such a wise, such a careful walk, has great influence to those who do not believe. Such a walk, such a wise and careful walk, has a positive effect upon the world, upon our families, upon our church, upon our communities. So we ought to be careful how we walk with regard to those who do not believe. It makes a great difference. And lastly, we've said, believers ought to seek out for constant opportunities of obeying this command. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. Amen.
few Randolph words. Uh, so many challenging thoughts there, aren't there? So many. Um, 